Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, good gracious, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, uh, to mom and dad and all the ships at sea, but um, my name is Willie Lawson, and welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you being here this day. Uh, I hope that everything is well with you, where you are, and your family, your business, your life. <sighs> you know, you guys who listen all, all the time know that I'm often triggered, triggered, I'll use that word, triggered uh, about something that I see uh, or um, something that I, I find on Twitter or, or Facebook or YouTube or just out of my regular life. And it brings, and it all always brings me right back here to this microphone to talk about, to tell you guys. Um, because at 58, yeah, I pretty much got an opinion about everything. To be honest with you, at 28, I had an opinion about everything, too. Uh, and uh, at 18, I I had an opinion about everything. Um, so this isn't, none of this is new to me. Um, but um, my wife was watching um, uh, this woman on YouTube, and, um, and she was this 41-year-old, I guess, 46-year-old black uh, woman who was talking about her her transformation her um her moment now i'm going to tell you i'm going to talk about this first before i start getting into in, in, into specific 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 people um you guys know who listen that um i i, I identify myself as a um troglodyte no um <laughs> as, as a conservative republican slash unicorn slash troglodyte but um and everybody I know, especially if if you happen to be black, um, and you've gone through this metamorphosis, this change, where you had this this moment. Now, we we call it, I call it. Um, I'm going to try not to speak for everybody. Uh, a moment of clarity. That's what I call mine. A moment of clarity. And you get it at the and and I'm telling you, you get it at the weirdest times, uh, where you don't think all these things sort of fit together. Um, for me, it was at the, the, the birth of my son um, some 28 years ago and um, nearly 29 years ago uh, when I had, as that kid who was 18, who knew every damn thing, thought that if you were against abortions, then you shouldn't have one. And if and as long as if, if, if we would just be like that, everything would be fine. People would be able to do whatever they wanted to do. And everybody would be cool. If you're against abortions, don't have one. There you go. Um, teach your kids, um, run your families, and you say, we don't do that. We're the Barkers. We don't do that. We're the Smiths. We don't do that. Uh, we're the, um, the McGillicuddies. We don't do that. And that's fine. That's fine. That's what I thought. Because I'd never been in, in a situation that I was going to have a son. Well, that afternoon on September 12th, 1990, um, when the nurse handed me this little squirming bundle of humanity whose, whose eyes were wide open and gray staring at me, um, 
Something changed. I'm going to tell you. Now, did I become a John Birch Society um, ranting, um, raging um, black Republican at that time? No, not at all. But I did have to reassess what I thought, what I believed, because now I, what I, the, the, the weight of what I was dealing with was this person, this person, not this, not this fetus, not this blob of tissue, this person, this human being is going to depend on my wife and I, not just for sustenance, obviously for that, and housing, but this person, this, this, this man, this boy is going to depend on us for everything. We are going to shape his world. We are going to create his first world view. So do I want to pass on the things that I thought I believed to him? Because frankly, there was nothing passed on to me. But I knew how important it was. And I'll I'll be honest with you. um, I didn't even have any idea how important it was. I knew that it was important, but I didn't even know why it was important. I just knew that it was important. So I started assessing and reassessing the things that I thought I believed. Abortion was one of them, obviously, because I just had a kid. Now, and, and because of the circumstances of how my son was born, he was never an idea. There was never a thought. There was never a chance that we would not have him. It was never a decision to be made. And we found out there was never a decision to be made. He was, he was, he was, it was, first of all, he was old. He was a whole baby when we found out. Uh, my son was born in September. We found out that we were pregnant in July. And he was not premature. Okay. Now, I'm not going to get into all the particulars, but that's how it went down. Um, so there was never that decision on what we, what, what we were go- what are we going to do to be made. So my son Alex was always Alex. He was always he was always a baby. He was never just an idea or an embryo or a clump of tissues. He was always a baby. So that changed my view on that particular thing. And it started changing my views in a lot of other areas because you start connecting the dots. You start connecting the dots on the things that you believe, the things that you're going to share, the things that you're going to share with your son. So, And when you start doing that, you start, I mean, I went through an entire inventory of everything from uh, matters of faith, finance, politics, everything. And I had not really, frankly, put much weight into politics at that point, but this is some of the associations and some of the, some of the belief systems that we had gone through. And I had to look and see if I was still connected to what I thought I was connected with. even through college. So I remember that I, I tell people, you know, if you listen to me all, uh, for a long time, you, you know that I was the guy who voted for Bill Clinton, not once, but twice. I did. And I've been old enough, I would have probably voted for Jimmy Carter in 76, but I was only 16. I was only 16, only 16. And too dumb to vote, I was so. Um, so I didn't obviously, um, and I don't know if I supported Gary Hart in the primaries in Florida that year or not. You know, the year that Gary Hart won before he had to get out. I don't know if I did or not, but I'm pretty sure that I didn't vote for. I mean, the first Republican that I voted for was who was the first Republican I voted for? It was George W. Bush. No, not George W. Bush. It, yes, 
George W. Bush, not H.W. Bush. I voted for Walter Mondale, I think. Was the last Democrat president that I voted for. And then I voted for, I think I, I missed one. Uh, no, no, I didn't, because I voted for Clinton twice. Um, that was the last one. And then I voted for George W. Bush. I've been voting basically Republican since. Except in the non-partisan races here where I live. But I had this moment, this moment of clarity that I don't really subscribe to some of the things that these people are talking about. I really don't subscribe to all of them. And abortion was a big key for me. Now, it's not going to be a big key for everybody. And almost everybody that I've talked to, um, for any length of time, pretty much has said the same thing. That they had this moment, this situation in their lives that that was the change for them. And it wasn't about a personality. It wasn't about a, and wasn't about a candidate. It was about a, a set of ideals, ideals and ideas. It's like when you first come, uh, like when you first come to Christ, you may not know a lot of scripture. You may not know any scripture, but you know in your heart it's the right thing to do, right? You know in your heart it's the right thing to do. You may not have any idea of what you're actually doing. But you know it's the right thing to do. And that's where I was. Um, so we've been. And then later on, like in starting in 2008, when I started this started this podcast, I started this podcast, you know, business that I'm doing. Um, I got into podcasting sort of by happenstance. You guys told the story. And that podcast turned into more of a political podcast because it was 2008. And every podcast was a political podcast. And then I started doing some more investigating and some more exploring. And then I found and, th- and I found out for sure that I was no longer a liberal Democrat for sure. And I didn't know if I was a conservative or just a Republican. I was of the mind they were the same thing. Boy, we have found out that that is not the case, right? So that's kind of the the thumbnail sketch of how I got here. And so we've been on the road, you know, what, beating the drum for 20, 25 years. And now there seems to be a, uh, a lot of people of color, God, I hate that term, that are, that are now asking questions about the Democrat Party and liberalism in general. They're all over social media platforms. They're all over YouTube. They're all over Facebook. They're making videos and getting thousands of subscribers. They're all taking their turn being the toast of the town. And, and, and let me help you. I'm not envious. I'm just tired. There have been a lot of us that have been on the front line for a number of years. And I just have to wonder aloud, what took so long? And what changed? And why now? Where you been? Where have you been? Because from what I see, nothing's really changed. The left has been the left the entire time. Socialism has been bubbling underneath the surface for a long, long time. You know, the you know, the the Berlin Wall went down and the and there was the the fall of the, the fall, and I'm doing air quotes of the of the Soviet Union, but communism didn't go away. Communism is a thought. Communism is a form of government. Communism existed as a form of government around the planet, even with the fall of the Soviet Union. And communists didn't go. Communists who were in the Soviet Union didn't go away. Vladimir Putin didn't go away. Huh. So I'm wondering what took so long. What? Where were you? And some people will say, well, they were too young. They were kids. A lot of people out there. Now, again, I'm not dogging anybody. I'm not dogging anybody out. I'm not dogging out the Candace Owens of the world or the Patricia Dixons. Uh, I like them. 
I like what they do, and I like how they do it. Um, there are others. There, there's my friend T. West out there. There's others, especially um, black conservatives who may not necessarily be Republicans, but black conservatives, black libertarians, who are new or on the scene. My question is, where the hell were you? Were you waiting to not have a black president? I don't know what you're waiting on. In any case, we'll be back uh, right after this message. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at BuyItRentItProfit.com. BuyItRentItProfit.com. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. All right. Welcome back. Um, so, you know, it's it's interesting for me uh, that in 2008, uh, America was getting ready to elect the first black president. And I couldn't be excited about it. And I'll tell you why I couldn't be excited about it. In all the rhetoric and all the high-flying rhetoric, I did not see anything for my community. I didn't see anything. It all seemed like, and I said this, if you go back and if you can find those podcasts here on Blog Talk Radio, I said it seemed like the emperor's new clothing. Like, people were watching watching Barack Obama and, and his campaign especially in his campaign, and they were seeing this glorious gold-shimmering suit. And I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. Now, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to. I thought that Barack Obama had had a, had a very, very uh, unique opportunity to do some incredibly good things, especially on the front of race relationships and you know and, and the like, uh, especially seeing that that Barack Obama was biracial, could have really, really changed the conversation of race in this country for the good forever for, for a very long time. And I think that Barack Obama had that opportunity, um, and he had a unique opportunity that, frankly. Um, Herman Cain wouldn't have had, and neither would Ben Carson. And it's because Barack Obama was biracial. Um, so I was, so I'm, so a part of me 
is really cheering for Barack Obama to do something cool, something something neat for black America and black Americans. But it never happened. The agenda was not the agenda of, of, of urban America. Urban America got drug into the the fray, frankly, the, the very same way that Republicans do when, when, when they need a photo op or when they need a heart-wrenching story to tell, when, they, when a candidate needs um, some street cred. And I, and I said to myself that things aren't different. And I just, and, and basically I think I spent eight years, oh, especially the first four years, you know what, crying out by myself thinking um, things aren't any different. Stop lionizing this, this, this president and presidency because things aren't any different where you live. Things aren't any different. Schools aren't any better. Crime isn't any lower. The economy is not is not better where you live. Unemployment is not good where you live. Especially when we when we're talking about unemployment of black youth over fifty percent. While America was experiencing a, a recession, black America was experiencing a depression. And it seems like the the black president that everybody was so excited about is simply not addressing those issues. That he had another agenda entirely. And we see now, we, we see now that Barack Obama had a completely different agenda. And now I think after eight years is where you're starting to find a lot of uh, people who might have been Democrats, might have voted for Barack Obama, might have campaigned for um, for Barack Obama, who might have had Barack Obama yard signs in their yards and, and bumper stickers on their cars, Obama Biden uh, 2008, Obama Biden 2012 on their cars, are starting to do something that they didn't before. They may be start. They may be starting to look at what happened. You know, whenever I said something negative about Barack Obama, I I usually just use his words. I never tried to come up with my own spin on what I thought he meant or what the dog whistle was because I don't participate in all that. But what I did was I just said, you know what, this is what the man said. The man said that that it's time to stop these wars, and then he sent then he sent troops to Afghanistan. He opened up another uh, another war front after berating for the entire campaign um, George Bush for being in Iraq. After 9-11. And continued to say to the peaceniks that it was time to bring the soldiers home. I used to, you know what, on one of my older shows, I used to run that clip all the time. And then the President of the United States, Barack, Barack Obama, opened up an entire entirely new front in Afghanistan. And more young people came home in body bags. That's what happened. Now, you cannot like it, you cannot like me if that's what you choose. But what you can't do is you can't say that's not what happened because that's exactly what happened. I mean, you, you can say, well, Bush had it so messed up that Barack Obama didn't have any choice. Well, of course he did. He always had a choice. You know how, how I know he had a choice? The guy that you don't like in the White House now? The guy that wasn't most of our first choice? has not In two years, has not opened up one single front to a war. Does he get any credit from the beatniks on the, uh, uh, the peaceniks? No. Getting any credit from the uh, from the libertarians? 
about non-intervention? No. But what's happened is there has been no opening of of war. We are not um, the, some of the things that the left talked about would happen under a a Bush. I mean, excuse me, a, a Trump presidency have not happened. Some of the some of the financial left people were like, if Trump is elected, then the stock market is going to crash immediately. Well, it didn't. As a matter of fact, it kept on the upswing and it actually angled up higher to record numbers. Yes, I know that since 2009, the stock market has been making gains. I understand. Now, here's what you know, you know President Obama said that, that the, the days of, of 3% increases in GDP were over. I don't know how he's going to do that. Does he have a magic wand? Well, it happened. So when people say that Barack Obama, you know what, caused this 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 economy, well, Barack Obama didn't believe this economy would exist either. He as much said so. You see? So is that, the thing that I've noticed, is that what's drawing some younger, and it's a, it's a younger crowd, um, of black conservatives into the fray now. Is that what's happening? Because I'm telling you, frankly, I'm telling you that people like me, you know, my friend Shelly Hussar, who is the CEO of Urban Game Changers, um, she affectionately calls a lot of us, not herself, obviously, because she'll be forever young, um, graybeards. I don't know if you've seen my picture there. Is that I've got a beard, and it's mostly gray. As a matter of fact, it's, it's damn near all gray. And I've got two other friends here in the picture carousel. One of them is C.L. Bryant, and the other is K. Carl Smith. Um, and the other one is Jesse Lee Peterson. All graybeards, all men over fifty. That maybe, just maybe, it's time for me to to step aside because it is super important. That if this conservative movement is going to continue, then it's going to have to continue with younger and younger people. I'm 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 scrolling through. Uh, this Bing.com search, uh, and I, I put in black conservatives on YouTube, and it's this guy who, um, and the title of his video is Black Conservatism is Not Black. So it's obvious throwing rocks uh, at black conservatives. But he's a gray beard too. Because people have, people have their, you know, this idea. Let's see, let me get back to the the thing here, this idea about what black, you know, what, how can a black person be a conservative? How can a black person be a Republican? Um, because everyone was, and, and this is what has poisoned the soil for so long for young black conservatives to, to grow. The soil has been poisoned by media. The soil has been po- poisoned by tradition. The soil had been poisoned by lies, half-truth, misunderstandings. So I wonder if maybe that is what took so long for some of y'all to join the party. To join people like Star Park, I mean Star Parker. Uh, people like Shirley Huzar. Um all sorts of folks that have been on the front lines of this for their communities forever. 
the thing I'm thing I'm concerned about is what hap what's going to happen because there's going to be pressure. It's going to be pushback. How much? I mean, I'm standing here in my comfy house behind my locked doors and my ring doorbell uh, and whatever else I have in here to protect myself. And it's easy to sit in this chair and basically say anything. It's easy to take a phone call and hang up on them. It's easy. But what's going to happen when we get the real pushback? Because there's going to be a pushback. We can see it. I can see it anyway. I can see that the left is really not happy with what's going on, especially with some young black people as it concerns conservatism and and, Repub- and you know what and being a republican and and oh my god horror of all horror is actually being a trump supporter and this and is i don't know if this is about trump because i don't believe it's all about trump i just i just don't i believe that 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 what we're seeing is really about democrats or people who are in the democrat party um it's really about socialists and socialists and leftists, and what they have, especially now, been proposing, and how they've done their business, and and other groups that they have that the left has embraced, like Antifa, and some of the gross misrepresentations of what people have said, and the things that have happened. And when we get back, we're going to talk. Um, we're going to talk about the concept of that the left is constantly talking about things that aren't happening. Now, some of you are going to say that I'm talking about something that isn't happening, but that but I have evidence thereof. I have evidence to the contrary that it is happening. Now, is it happening in you know at a pace and at a number that is significant? Well, that is up to debate, and we'll find out for sure. But the left and the leftist media is really good about talking about things that just aren't happening, that frankly never happened and and isn't happening right now. We'll be back right after these messages. Thank you for coming to the podcast. We appreciate you. Are you looking for a reliable transportation, but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types? And you should be. You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813-999-9992. Web address is www.goodguycars.com. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at BuyItRentItProfit.com. BuyItRentItProfit.com. Welcome back to the podcast. We appreciate you being here. Um, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say that it seems to me that the left has been really good about talking about things that aren't actually happening. Uh, we use, they use phrases like institutionalized racism to start with. Nobody knows what that, and, and nobody knows what that is. They use the phrase social justice, and and social justice is this living, breathing thing that they can change and make 
malleable to any situation of something that they don't like. So they can point out racism when it's not happening. They can point out sexism when it's not happening. They can point out um, Islamophobia where it's not happening. Okay, now you want examples. Okay, let's look at Islamophobia. Let's look at the um, what's happening um, in Israel and in Gaza right now. Um, we what we know is what we know is happening is that Hamas has been lobbing missiles into Israel from the Gaza Strip for years, and they do it incessantly. Incessantly. That's what we. That's what we know. We know that to be true. Now, when the left reports on th- th- this latest round, um, they re- they report because Israel actually retaliated. So they reported on the deaths that happened when Israel actually retaliated. So they talk about this in a way like, no, that's not what happened at all. People are starting to see this. People are starting to see through some of this. They are. Misogyny. The left would have you believe that every institution in America is run by the way, run by white patriarch. I mean, uh, yeah, what the white patriarch. And that women are constantly under attack. They would have you believe that. And so we have to protect girls. The fact of the matter is that if you look at any, any, any curriculum in any way that any school district is run, the school districts are run and, and teachers are being taught, especially teachers who choose to go into elementary schools. And once they get out even and start teaching, they treat boys like they're defective girls. Nobody's teaching boys. So boys are actually in trouble. It's not the girls that are in trouble. They would have you believe that somehow this uh, white patriarchy are keeping girls out of STEM programs. You know what's keeping girls out of STEM programs? Girls. They don't want to. They don't want to. When the president of the United States has a... has a, 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 a you know what a, a program to bring children to the White House who are involved in STEM. If you don't know what STEM is, STEM is science, technology, um, engineering, and math. You know we you know, we, used, we used to call it back in the day school, uh, <laughs> school. Um, but um, when he has a program that brings just girls to the White House, just girls. And that's supposed to quote encourage women into these into these fields. And that saying that, you know what, in, in the same sense saying that somehow boys and men are keeping them out. When that's not happening at all. When the CEO of Yahoo is a woman, where the CEO of HP was a woman. You know, two of the biggest technological entities, you know, in Silicon Valley were women, especially at the time. So, this is not happening. It wasn't happening before. It's not happening now. But you need to tell that narrative because if you, if you have that narrative, then you can do some stuff. This is 21 seconds from my friend Andrew Breitbart. Listen in. I think most conservatives can see fair, fairly clearly and is, is, a, is something that it's a hard thing to talk to a liberal about, that you see that the Democratic Party and the media work in conjunction with one another. And that was a matrix that I was able to see That the Democrat Party and the media work in conjunction with one another. 
Now, that was a clip of an interview that I did with Andrew Breitbart back in 2009, I guess 2010, um, before his death. And, and now when Trump says that the media and the Democrat Party are in cahoots, people started, you know, people could fall and, and say, oh, he's paranoid, you're just losing, blah, 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 all this stuff, right? Andrew Breitbart saw this years ago, years ago. And some of us saw it. And now I think some other people are seeing it too. Now, again, we can argue about how much this is happening and how much, you know, what the percentage and how much this is, this is going to mean um, in upcoming elections. I, I have no way of telling you. I'm not going to tell, I'm going to sit here and tell you that, so many people are, are are changing. It's going to have an effect nationwide. I don't know. Because, frankly, I've said for years and years and years, um, there probably aren't enough black people registered to vote to make a difference anyway. So this whole black vote gets talked about like it's a thing when it may not actually be a thing at all. Now that... Um, Black people are, are 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 fastly, you know, quickly approaching the point to not be and may not be now the largest quote minority in the country, and that may, and that title may go over to Hispanics. I don't know. I mean, we could be talking about something that doesn't matter at this point. We could just be talking about a thing that just doesn't matter. especially when we start talking about um, national elections. Now, I think it could matter. I think it will matter if indeed we could, you know what, there are groups like Young Black Republicans on Facebook or Republicans for Black Empowerment could start really making some changes. And 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 I mentioned both of those groups and they had the word Republican in them. But I don't think that that's necessarily, I don't think, frankly, let me be honest with you, I don't think um, signing up a whole bunch of black Republicans is necessarily the way to go. Now, I know that doesn't make a lot of people who support me very happy when I say that, but I, I just don't think it's the way to go. I do not think it's the way forward. I don't think so. Some black people, frankly, have done well inside the confines and the restrictions and the constrictions and the and the capriciousness, frankly, of the Republican Party. However, I still don't think that that's necessarily the way to go. I'm still not happy with the lack of attention to the Growth and Opportunity Project under Rent Priebus. After the 2012 election, um, and in you know, and in party politics around the country, in in those small market party politics, I just don't see the open arms and bringing on as allies and brothers and sisters in arms that should be happening. Because just like always, it's like you know when we we just had some municipal elections where I live. And a lot of the things that the Democrats are talking about, the progressives are talking about, don't have anything to do with where I live. And I'm not saying that, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not saying the Republicans do either. I'm not saying that Republicans are doing any better on that front. Which is why I was talking to uh, a local county commissioner, Stacey White, and he asked me, he asked me this off air, if I ever thought that my district, where I where I live, uh, which is a seventy thirty Democrat to Republican district, that would there ever be a time where a Republican could be competitive? And I said yes. I said, well, let me restate that. I think a conservative could be um, competitive. I think because of what we're seeing. I think, of course, of what we're seeing. Um, some of these, again, these YouTubers and people on Facebook and, and, and Instagram and the like, 
that are starting to speak out against or speak up about what they've seen in the Democrat Party where they live in St. Louis, East St. Louis and Chicago and L.A. and other places. And they've seen Nancy Pelosi stand stand on her wrinkly wrinkly little feet for eight hours talking about illegal aliens while in that same amount of time, 40 or 50 black kids were killed in Chicago and ain't nobody standing up talking, talking for them and nobody standing up, standing up from them, you know, for them. And this is the kind of thing that, that people are asking questions about that they didn't ask questions about, especially to Democrats before. I, you know what, I'll, I'll give you that. I may be super sensitive to it. I'll give you that. But it's happening, and it wasn't happening before. See, I'm not going to talk about the things that aren't happening. Now we're going to talk about how much they're happening and to the degree of, of, of effectiveness. And that, I believe, is yet to be seen. Some people are going to say that it doesn't mean anything. That Some people are saying, you know what, I, I talked about this once before here, and somebody said, you know, some of these YouTubers are just on to get views and to make a few dollars. Because they know if they say the right thing, white conservatives will show up to the, you know what, and subscribe, you know, to their videos and watch their videos. It would not surprise me if some of that is happening at all. But it also wouldn't, you know, and and of course, white conservatives, white Republicans will glom on to anything that a black face says negative about the Democrat Party. That's also true. Because a lot of those folks don't really understand yet the the inside baseballness of the Republican Party. Uh, the Republican Party's got got big questions to answer too, as it concerns urban America. We've got big questions to answer, huge questions to answer. Like where the hell you been? We feel like the you know the child that you know they got left at the fire station. Why the hell didn't you fight for us? Why didn't you come back for us? Why did you abandon us? If you keep telling me that the Republican Party was started off by abolitionists, so when I was really in bondage, where the hell were you? When my people were really, really locked up and continue to be locked up, where are you? So, yeah, the Republican Party, you know what? You guys listen to this who you know want, who want to throw rocks at me, that's fine. But I'm, I've always been, I think, a straight shooter. The, Repo- the Republican Party has, you know what, has a bunch of problems too, which is what I'm saying when I told Commissioner White is that there won't be black people in District 5 lining up the Republicans, but there may be a whole bunch of conservatives that may have big questions about, about Democrats and liberals and may be looking for an alternative. Now, that alternative might just happen to be a, be a Republican, but they better be a conservative. They better not be a Jeb Bush Republican. They better not be a, a, um, a John McCain Republican because they're not looking for that. They're not looking for that, looking for somebody who's going to make some real changes, who gives a damn about where they live, about where black people live and their children and their finances and creating economic opportunity for real. And if creating economic opportunity means government gets the hell up out my way, then that's how we're going to do it. Then that's how we should do it. You know, one, one of the things about getting older and about doing this program for a long time is that I got a call um, a number of years ago from a, a business owner who was doing um, shave ice, shave, 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 shave ice, I guess we call it that. That's what they call it in Hawaii, um, in Miami. They were just going to do snow cones and that kind of stuff. When the local government came in and they were ready to get their, you know, their new shop, their certificate of um, occupation so they could start their business, and it was denied because one of the government entities said that they, this place needed a grease trap. And I was like, wait a minute, I know what a grease trap is. A grease trap is something you have on, you know, on your sink. 
when you're um you know what we have a restaurant when you're washing dishes and you, you know the you know a part of your dishwasher you know your automatic dishwasher has a grease trap on it so I used to work at a, at a pizza parlor and um the grease trap would get stuck sometimes and the dishwasher wouldn't drain and how we worked it was that if you you volunteered to clean the grease trap you could have the rest of the night off without clocking out and drink beer on the clock for the rest of the night. Somebody would drive you home. Because it was such a disgusting thing. That if you volunteered to do it, that you could drink beer for the rest of the night on the clock. And not have to work the rest of the night. So this 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 shaved ice place that basically was going to make frozen treats needed to get a grease trap. So, so they needed to redo their entire plumbing, kitchen plumbing, to the tune of $5,000. And I thought, this is government. This is government. Because nobody within their right mind, any, any rational person would go, that's ridiculous. So what are you serving here? We're serving water with with sugar in it, with colored sugar. That's what we're serving. That's our product. It doesn't make grease. So there's no reason for a grease trap. We're not serving French fries or hamburgers or pizza. We don't have plates to wash. The only utensils we have to wash are the utensils that, that we use to scrape the frozen water. The guy called me up from Miami. It was it was a hoot. You ever listened to that show? It was probably I think it was from the I don't know fifth season here on Wall Talk Radio. So people are starting to see these kind of this this kind of ridiculous government overreach. They they are they're starting to see they um, the the fallacies involved in the Affordable Care Act. They're starting to see, yes, yes, I may, I, you know what, you're making me get this. You, I mean, the government is forcing you to buy this product or penalize you. And if you do buy it, the one that you can afford with their help makes it impossible to use. Now. Again, without a lot of personal details, I saw this happen in my own family. Now, my son decided that after you know after doing his taxes and, and deciding last year anyway, he came out of his room triumphantly and said, "Well, I'm taking the penalty." <laughs> he just said, "I guess I'm taking the penalty." Now, his cousin, who's a couple years older than him, his um. My my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and brother-in-law decided after he was off their policy to to help him out because he was he was going to, he was going to school he was going to, going to culinary school, um, you know, trying to trying to get it together. Um, and so they would instead of having him get hammered with a penalty, they would help him and buy. Um, they bought they, they they paid for his health insurance. They didn't have him on his on their policy. They bought a policy for him. He signed up, and then when he needed it, what they learned is that he didn't that he had to go in and pay because he didn't meet the deductible. That his deductible was something like ten thousand dollars. And praise the Lord, he was never going to be that sick. So the idea was, why does he need insurance if he's going to have to go in there and pay anyway? Just go and pay and then be done with it. Now, this, my nephew, this young man, had completely rejected anything vaguely conservative or Republican. But what I know is that he heard me say this in 2010, that this is the kind of thing that would happen, and it happened to him. He's not going to turn into some sort of John Birch Society conservative. You're not going to see him 
um, with the, you know, when you know, tr- trying to find the local um, young Republican meeting, that's not where, that's not where he's going to go. But what he is going to do is he's going to be able to think through these decisions, through his emotion, through tradition, through peer pressure, and make decisions about who he votes for and measures that they vote for that the leftists are always pushing. So what's going to happen now is that the, the Democrat Party where he lives will not be able to depend on him for everything. They're going to have to convince him more than they did before. And that's the kind of change you're going to see. And with more and more young people who are showing up on social media, more and more people who are showing up um, in the in, in, in the discussion, people like Candace Owens, people like CJ on Twitter. Um, some of us, some of us, some of us graybeards are still around. Who are getting to talk to people? There is going to be a shift. I can't tell you when it's going to be. I can't even tell you if it's going to be soon enough to make any real difference. But there's going to be a shift It may be black people getting out of the Democrat Party while um, people from South America who are socialists getting in. But there's going to be a shift. It's going to be interesting. And from here to 2020, uh, November 2020, it's going to be a wild ride, kids. It's going to be a wild ride. Keep your wits about you. All right, we're going to take a, a very short break and we'll come back and say goodnight. Hi, this is Willie Lawson. You know, with so much content whizzing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired. It's Flipboard. Yeah, Flipboard curates the world story so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. When you see stories that you want to save or share, just tap the plus button and add them to your private or public collections. It's that simple. It's used by millions of people every day. Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. So get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. Are you looking for a reliable transportation, but you don't have a bunch of money? Are you wary of used car types? And you should be. You just need a car you can afford and a dealer you can trust. Great news. Good Guy Cars is here. John Desbrow is something you don't find every day. An honest used car dealer. Good Guy Cars is at 8412 Industrial Boulevard in Tampa, Florida. The phone number is 813-999-9992. That's 813-999-9992. The web address is www.goodguycars.com. All right, well, again, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we went a little longer than we normally go, but I think I think it's an, an important thing to talk about. And, what, and, and all I need you to do is to start noticing. So if you start noticing, um, there's a group called blackconservatives.com, I believe, um, black, youngblackconservatives.com. Um, they're doing some things, and we as the graybeards at Urban Game Changers are, 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 are trying to pull alongside um, as allies, we don't want to change what they do and how they do it. But it's a group that met with the president um, that you see all the pictures about on you know on, on social media, on Facebook, and the like. But in any case, what, we want, what I want you to do is do this. 
I want you to go out there and learn something, love somebody, and for goodness sakes, I want you to take care of yourself. There's going to be a shift, and you dang well sure better be aware of it. We see you again. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.